out now on Press Gang Records, Buffalo, New York's Wrong the Oppressor Cassette. Ellis Horse, The Project from the Minds of Rob Antonucci, and Ryan Hex Cannabis, available on all streaming platforms. War self-titled 7-inch, available in black and coke bottle clear. Pick these up at PressGangRecordsUS.LimitedRun.com What's up, everybody? Before we jump into this episode, we're going to check out a song from my guest band, World Purge. The song's called Hour of Devastation. After this song, we'll jump right into the interview. Begin. 
Welcome to Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lyons. On this episode, we're going to be talking with Nate Golia and Greg Benoit uh, about their new band, World Purge. Uh, I've had these guys on a few times, so we've kind of talked about this band a little bit, but now they're kind of ramping things up a little bit. So I figured we'd bring them on and talk about the recording that they just did and whatnot. Um, so... As always, you can give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Hardcore. Uh, thanks again to everybody who's been supporting uh, Patreon. Uh, I think this might be your first uh, taste. If this all works out, I'm going to try to upload this video so the subscribers will get a little early uh, taste of the episode. Uh, and then thanks to everybody for the Go, GoFundMe support, too. I'm trying to get some uh, video equipment to kind of make things a little more uh, high-tech with the podcast. Um, so, yeah, this is episode 94. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be talking with uh, Nate and Greg. they got a band called World Purge now, and they just recorded with Doug at Watchmen, so I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about that. Um, so uh, without further ado, I guess we'll bring uh, Nate on first. How's everything going for you tonight, Nate? Good, Josh. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this. Looking forward to it. And uh, joining our illustrious five-timers club for the first time, uh, welcome back to the podcast, Greg Benoit. How's everything going for you tonight, Greg? Hey, good. I can't believe it's been five times. Well, I was thinking about it beforehand, yeah, because you, you helped me uh, co-host a couple episodes. We talked about a couple things, and now here we are talking about the band. So, um, just a little uh, a little shout-out to everybody watching this video for the first time. I'm still kind of getting used to doing everything, so if you only see half my face for this, and I look at my phone half the episode, I'm still kind of getting used to uh, looking at the camera more. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we'll be talking about the band a little bit, but I figured we kind of do a little... Uh, what we put up to type thing first. So I know I saw you guys uh, recently too. So um, I guess uh, we'll start with you, Greg. How's the summer been going and what kind of shows you've been checking out? Oh man, summer's been going pretty good. Um, I've been going to a lot of shows this summer. Um, I just recently went to the, the Leaking Head record release show um, and saw Science Man. They put on a really great show. Um, I checked them out online before, but you don't really get a sense for how good the live performance is gonna be just from a recording. Uh, so kids were going off for them, and that was a lot of fun. It was a real mixed bill. You had, like, punks and hardcore kids and metalheads all in the same place. And then other than that, I've just been going to some local shows, um, you know, checked out that uh, that new band featuring uh, members of Break of Dawn, No End, which is uh, phenomenal and right up right up my alley, right what I'm into right now, both musically, uh, but also their interest in Eastern religion and Buddhism is, is something that's kind of been getting me through the last few years uh, with this pandemic. Um, and then, you know, kind of the, 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 the upheaval that we've been living through uh, the last couple of years following it. Um, and then just checking out some, you know, national touring acts and just a couple other, you know, local shows. Yeah, I know. I saw you at that No End show. That was like a, a reunion of a lot of the people that I've had on this podcast and just a lot of people we came up in the scene with. It was, it was cool to see everybody. Um, and Nate, I know I bumped into you. I think it was a show that we put on that, that I saw you at too, right? Yeah, so, you know, um, I live in Texas now. I'm actually in the middle of relocating, which is why if you see a bunch of boxes behind me on video, that's why. Um, so, yeah, but, like, I managed to make up to Rochester for an extended period of time. That's actually where we practiced most of our final practicing for the recording. Um, and the, I was really happy to make it up. Like the day I got there was the night. The night was the that first show you had booked in however many years it had been, um, with uh, Heavy as the Head and Only Shallow and Coalition. I remember those three bands. Um, 
and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was I was really I was really happy to be able to make it out for that. I was really happy to you know see that you were putting shows on again, and um, that's really uh, that's really the only show I've been to recently, um, just because of you know been pretty busy with relocating and jumping back and forth from Texas to New York to do the recording and stuff. So um, when I get I'm moving to, to the to the Charlotte area, Charlotte North Carolina area, so I'll be a lot closer, and you know hopefully I'll be up to Rochester more. Um, you know, just not just for the band, obviously, but you know, to be able to do more shows and stuff like that. Are you going to see uh, Catharsis and, and all those bands? Or yes, I am. I'm going to the second show. I had set like five calendar alerts so I could get tickets when it was announced, and then obviously it sold out like almost immediately. I didn't get any tickets to the original show. Um, I'm really happy that the bands uh, decided to do a second day. Um, from what I understand, that show kind of started as sort of a almost semi-private event and then they were just selling a small amount of tickets i guess they didn't realize how many people would want to come uh see those those great bands catharsis prayer for cleansing undying um play again um and so they decided to do a second show and i should be to charlotte right in time to uh drive to uh i think it's in raleigh or in the raleigh area uh to go to that so um yeah i'm really really looking forward to that yeah, I wish I could make it down to that show, but you know, something Josh meant early, uh, mentioned earlier, it seems like uh, reunions are in the air. There's like so many uh, national bands that are getting back on and doing reunions at fests or, or special shows like uh, the Catharsis one. And then uh, it was kind of a bit of a reunion at that No End show um, uh, with a lot of the people that we came up with. And it was really fun to uh, reconnect. And, uh, you know, we wound up talking to like Holly and Rob for a while. But yeah, no, it's it's like I said, it's been a great summer. There's been a lot of shows. Uh, I know there's some more coming up as we record this. I think Punk's Picnic is going on right now too. Uh, Who decides was playing that? Uh, those guys played the Bug Jar a few weeks ago. Uh, probably one of my favorite bands from this area right now. Um, but yeah, it's 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 funny you mentioned No End, uh, Greg, because I was thinking while listening to the demo a little bit that I I could definitely see you guys playing with them. Um, and and as we'll get to, I know a lot of the a lot of the bands that uh, people our age are kind of starting as kind of a throwback to an era that we've talked on this podcast a lot, uh, especially you, you guys. So um, I guess we will kind of jump into the band a little bit. Uh, I know we've talked about uh, the band, like I said, a few times with you guys on here, but now things are, are more official, it seems like, with this demo. So um, the first thing I'm curious about is going to Watchmen. It seems like, like now we have so many different studios, but you guys, like, was that like a... A decision you guys made right away like you want you definitely wanted to hit up Watchmen for this or did you guys talk about other studios too yeah we looked at we looked into a couple of studios um you know locally or in Syracuse uh but we knew exactly what we would get with Watchmen because we'd all been there before and you know we're happy with the sound that that Doug produces um and you know he's quite notable for that uh, another factor too uh, influencing us was like apparently Watchmen Studios is like in some sort of temporal bubble where uh, inflation hasn't taken effect because Doug has not updated his rates since like 1998. Um, I have no idea how that guy makes ends meet, but he's like the best deal, uh, uh, just in general. And then when you add in all of his knowledge and the history and all the bands he's recorded, it's, it's really hard to beat. Yeah. The thing about working with Doug is that we knew we could book a couple days. I could fly in, we could get started, we could hit the ground running and it would be done at the end of the two days without us having to we would just we just knew that was going to be the case um and it was the case like it was it was very funny that like 
uh, I was like, okay, well, how much is it? It was like, I think it was like $280 when we went in 2002 or 2003. And I looked on his website, it was $280. Again, that feels a lot different now that I'm not making like, you know, $6 an hour. It feels a lot different. I was like, oh, well, that's incredible. Um, so that was, that was great to go there. Um, you know, it's great that he's been still recording uh, all this time. He's put out. He's still putting out bands, but it is it is kind of funny that I, his like his wall space sort of ran out around 2005. It looked like uh, in terms of like stickers and like releases that he put up. Um, so it was kind of funny to see like a lot of the same uh, stuff uh, that was there when we were there last. Um, but uh, he recorded the uh, the last Chokehold album that came out a couple years ago, and that was actually. That album, I, I, I liked it quite a bit uh, when it came out. I've always really liked Chokehold, and that was sort of an influence what we were playing anyway. And I think we recorded the, with the exact same amp that they use. Like, I think we just you know, said, dial up whatever you did on this, and this will be and it'll be fine. And uh, so, yeah, we're pretty happy with how that came out. I definitely want to give a shout-out to my dog, Alfie. Uh, she's, she's made uh, probably a couple audio appearances on the podcast before, but I think this is probably her first time making a video appearance. Uh, my girlfriend was kind enough to take the kids to Buffalo, but the dog's here with me. So, uh, again, we're running through uh, testing a few things out while we uh, record this way. So, um, but obviously, like I said, listening to the to the recording is definitely a throwback to a lot of the bands that I feel like we've talked about on this podcast. Um, I kind of assumed you guys were going to be going for more of like a metalcore thing, like like late '90s metalcore too, obviously. I know there's a few like leads and there's like that interlude there, but like it seems more I don't want to say stripped down, but you know what I mean? Like it's not as technical as I assume, assumed, I guess would be a good word. Um yeah, I think a couple things in, impacted that. One was actually we started out trying to sound like the Hope Conspiracy, so we weren't gonna have like a ton we were we were trying to do something more like that. It came out a little bit heavier than that. Um and so it like has that sort of metal tinge. Uh thing to realize is that like a lot of those songs we we started working on songs in like 2017 um when i lived in utah and was my, my company was set up such that i was coming back to new york every few months uh for meetings and i could just tag on a trip to rochester we'd go up and work on stuff and then in february of 2020 it was like the i i, I flew into work went to because i had to do some stuff for my at the uh, home office then I went up to Rochester, and I, I remember telling Greg and everyone, like, oh, I, like, got off the plane in New York, and I, right as a flight from China was was landing, and all these people in masks got off the plane. That was weird. And then, uh, you know, obviously that uh, sort of turned out to be, you know, a reality for everyone around the world and not just in China. Um, so, yeah, so then we had that, like, really long pause and kind of came back to seriousness last year um and once i was able to start coming back more um we, we were just like okay well we've got these songs that we remember and we had to like basically relearn and tighten everything back up um and so you know i think we were all sort of after by the time we because we, we also uh, we were hoping to record earlier in the year than we did um we just had some scheduling issues uh before uh it was actually really hard to get time at doug's <laughs> he was booking out like really far <laughs> so um you know good for him right more power to him uh and we didn't want to we didn't want to uh you know uh 
like monkey with things too much before we recorded. Yeah, there was a couple leads and stuff, but uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with how it came out. And I think like you know our newer stuff will be able to sort of push a little harder now that we've got this sort of monkey off our back and our sea legs under us in terms of like going through going through recording and writing songs and and like really holding it in our hands, which is pretty incredible after after all that time. Yeah, one of the other things that kind of complicated uh, our recording schedule and practicing schedule in addition to the pandemic is the fact that um, all of uh, all of us, with the exception of my brother who plays bass, uh, have have kids, and and some of us have pretty small kids, um, and so that that's kind of the priority. Uh, uh, you know, just that's the reality of being a, a parent, um, as I know you know, Josh. Um, but it's kind of nice in some ways too because uh, we can kind of take our time. It's not like being 19 and you know trying to rush through things uh we can really write a song and record it and and uh, and listen to it and workshop it over over a period of months so it, it was kind of a new process even though it's the same people i've been playing in bands with for 20 years yeah so are you guys gonna like like i know we've talked about this before a little bit but like now that you guys have recorded a demo are you guys gonna try to actively like write more songs and like and practice and stuff i know i know the the, the location barrier is there obviously but like what have you guys talked about since then yeah like t- today is a matter of fact sean and i got together and, and we're working on a new song um that we were you know recorded some scratch tracks and uh, for and sent along to the other guys technology makes it so much easier and i'm sure like every person you've had on the show who's been in a band has has remarked about that but you know doing stuff like this being able to just upload voice notes or or do like zoom meetings and stuff just makes it so much more easy to to do a band where you know somebody's living in syracuse nate's you know in transit from texas to south carolina and then you know the rest of us are busy with our our lives and uh, and our kids yeah, actually, they, they they worked on a song today. I sent I sent the parts up. I tabbed it out using like an app to like make the tab, so it wasn't just like written in the notes app and everything. And uh, you know, they Greg and Sean took it and took the parts and like worked them out with the you know with each other and uh, did stuff I could not have even thought of on my own, which was actually pretty funny. Like it's always it's always interesting. Like when I send something up, like see if you guys like this, and then it comes back, and I'm like. Oh, that's either not that's not how I imagined it, and but I like it, or you know, oh, I never thought to like do this that way because I'm you know sort of by myself on an island here. So it is nice to be able to do that. Though we have a pretty democratic approach to uh, you know sending stuff along and 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 workshopping it over time. Yeah, you don't argue about trivial band shit when you have like real problems with like kids and work. So that also makes it easier too. Yeah, I know. Are you guys all like actively like contributing ideas to like the music and stuff though, I guess, or Yeah, I mean I everyone everyone does like um I, I write I've been writing a lot of stuff, just you know, um I just kinda grab my guitar between like things at work and we'll like come up with a part and, and write it and and like send it off. But uh like you know, a lot of the stuff I write is also like like do you even like this? Like you could throw it out. You know, I'm not I'm not, you know, super parochial about a lot of things. If I really like a part, I'll like, you know, make a case for it or bring or bring it up when I'm there. Um but yeah, no, everyone everyone contributes uh fairly equally, uh, you know, when we're all together. Uh it was actually really fun to uh, work with Eric on the vocals and stuff, like more so than we ever have in the past. Um, with Star Shall Fall and Of Wolves, which were the bands that Greg and Eric, our singer, and I were in before. Like, we actually, like, really worked as a group um, on, like, what what the words were going to be, where they were going to be placed in the song. Like, there's Sean, uh, Sean Bailey, who is our other guitar player, 
you know, formerly of Building on Fire. Um, you know, he he did some vocals uh, as like demos that we just kept on the recording because it sounded cool, like layered with Eric. Um, you know, it was a it was a real fun it was a real fun recording process. I mean, obviously, the whole conspiracy influence is definitely there, and I was also going to ask if anybody was listening to uh, "Satisfaction Is the Death of Death of Desire" because uh, I definitely feel <laughs> right here. I hate it's, read, uh, it's very funny. Times. Yeah, uh, the song "Yago," which is I think the which is the first full song on the on the demo EP, is definitely me trying to write a song that would be on "Satisfaction Is Death of Desire." In fact, the, there was a part in it that I just like actually was pulled like I like uh, stylistically straight off of "Set It Off." Um, I was like, oh, what if we did something like they did on Set It Off? It didn't sound right when it was done. It didn't fit in quite right. But yeah, that's a that's like a you know a big hate breed riff. I, like I said, I listened to that. I listened to the Chokehold uh, record a lot. It's almost it's weird because um, you know a bunch of the songs were written so long ago that I, I I almost forgot what I was listening to at the time. You know, influence wise, you know, and bringing that to the table. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it's a mix of a lot of those well, a lot of those bands in it, but like. As uh, as I started playing more, I, and you know, I started listening to a lot more of the newer bands that are coming out, and I really saw just like how a lot of bands are really pushing hardcore uh, as an art form, and that sort of inspired me to try and uh, you know then push our our next stuff out a little bit harder. You know, um, I don't know if Greg wants to weigh in on any of that, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I uh, I don't know how much people care about drums, but for the most part, I'm you know. Uh, kind of copying uh, HopeCon, um, but there's uh, quite a bit that I'm doing on the toms that I'm taking uh, inspiration from uh, Buried Alive, which is something I didn't really do in uh, in my previous bands to a great extent, maybe with a one song from Of Wolves. Um, and then, of course, I, I love double bass. Um, I know that there's some hardcore purists who don't like double bass, but you got to have that in there because that's, that's when you know the bones are going to get broken. What's that one symbol you hit a few times on there too, uh, Greg? That I, did, I don't even know what it is, but I haven't heard anybody really use that before. I feel like yeah, I got a I got a bell. Well, I got a bell for one song, an, an aluminum bell, uh, and then another song I hit uh, symbols a couple times that are like it's like a cross between a china and a splash, and it's got like random holes drilled around it. And as best I can tell, those types of symbols didn't exist or were not popular at all and weren't you know in guitar center in 1999 um i don't know how many people keep up with like instagram drummers but like in the last maybe five ten years it seems like every freaking drummer on instagram has uh uh like sound effect symbols with crazy holes in them or or you know weird uh, uh weird effects so i kind of got in on that uh um and, and included that there so look out for that i uh I hear some walls of Jericho in there too when I when I listen to the music too. So it's definitely a, a throwback is a good is a good word. I feel like you know. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned them specifically because, uh, like, at one point they put out I'm gonna have to Google it um, like a new song or a new album like a relatively new album I should say relative to like the time it was. But I remember listening to it a lot when I was in uh, uh, in Utah, which is when I was when a lot of these songs started. So I wonder if I if that kind of crept in uh, the the album "No One Can Save You From Yourself," which came out in 2016. Um, I listened to that quite a bit actually uh, around 2017. Um, that might have crept in. 
Oh, random question, too. You mentioned Utah a few times, and the episode that's going to air right before this one is with a band from Utah. Did you go to any shows while you were in Utah? I saw that. I'm looking forward to listening to that. Um, I did go to one show. It was uh, Drain and Judiciary. Um, that was I saw them together, uh, and that that was incredible. Like, I mean, those both those bands are great, and uh, definitely bands that I see as just like uh, standard bearers for you know what's going on in hardcore now. I think uh, Judiciary, which is actually they're actually from here in Texas. Um, I haven't seen them around a ton recently. Um, I know they're still playing fairly act, you know, fairly actively. Maybe they're working on some new stuff, but uh, yeah, they're they're great. Uh, and obviously, Drain just blowing up like crazy. Um, just a really a band that you cannot watch without a smile on your face, though. Just like so great. Um, you know, I'm really hoping to see them again soon. Just jumping back a little bit, um, you mentioned Walls of Jericho, and that was very astute because. Uh... There's one song that I took a lot of inspiration from uh, playing Soldier again, one of their songs I think they wrote off their first album uh, that I really like. So see if you can pick that one out, uh, listeners at home. Another another song with a great bell. Like, that's got a great bell part. Yeah. And it's funny um, you mentioned uh, Drain and all those bands because it kind of ties in with what I was talking about in the beginning with, like, going to shows and, like, more, like, like hardcore is really blown up, it seems like, this year. And... Like, even I was reading an article on Brooklyn Vegan today where they said 2022 was, like, the year of hardcore. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I would call it that, but, like, there's, like, like you said, Drain, and there's, like, just so many bands now, like, Scowl, and even, like, Speed kind of had, like, a viral moment after Sound and Fury. Like, it's just so crazy that all these bands are, like, like internationally known now, like, so quickly, you know? Yeah, I think I think Turnstile has something to do with that. Um, they, they seem to be, like, the biggest crossover, you know, hardcore band that's crossed over into the mainstream. Um, and just looking at footage of some of their, you know, recent shows, they've had a, way more kids than I would ever expect at a, at a non-festival show. Um, and I know it's, like, a mixed blessing to have a band crossover like that and get into the mainstream. And, you know, there's certainly criticisms of the choice to do that that I think are valid, but... Um, where I stand, I feel like, you know, new blood always needs to be coming in. And, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of kids who got involved in hardcore when every time I die was like playing on Jimmy Kimmel and, uh, you know, like late night shows and those types of things. And, and, you know, some of them stick around and some of them don't, but I think for the most part, the, the kids that are into, you know, those crossover into the mainstream bands wind up, uh, uh, sticking around and contributing in their own way. Um, the New York Times did a podcast about hardcore a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, might have been right after I got back from the recording session that I listened to it. And they uh, they talked about a lot about Gulch's last show, which was at Sound and Fury. And that they decided to, uh, you know, that was like Gulch's plan from the start, I guess, to just like have that last show. Um, and uh, now, which is, I, didn't, I also did not realize the singer for Drain was their drummer, so... You know, I, I I like Drain quite a bit. I don't I don't dislike Gulch. I just I, I find Drain to be a pretty special band. I, I maybe it's because it's like one of the first new bands that I saw, first bands that was not like from my original era that I saw live. Um, you know, even when I was in New York for you know a decade leading up to moving to Utah, um, the only sh- the shows I went to where I went to like see Trial, <laughs> like they did like a reunion show. I went to like a Revelation Records 25th anniversary thing with. Uh, like Shai Halud performing with Chad Gilbert, our hearts once nursed of compassion. That was like the big draw to that. Um, like, I mean, and it was like getting back out there and seeing new bands, uh, you know, 
there's something special about uh, I knew that band was something special at Drain um, and uh, you know there's so many other great new bands uh, you know out of, out of the, the bands out of Rochester Only Shallow um, that you know and um, Who Decides who I've, I, I think uh, I guess I haven't seen Who Decides I haven't seen Only Shallow um, the, you know doing great stuff uh, uh, Spaced out of Buffalo they're, they're doing incredible and just you know went to Europe it's, it's really awesome to see like younger kids from the area uh, you know, keeping it going, and we're content. We're content to, you know, have our role. You know, take it slow, play when we can, support our, support other bands as well. And to kind of touch on what both you guys just said, it's funny because I had this conversation on the last episode a little bit because those guys were kind of closer to our age. The guys from Utah run, running into the sun. Um, and, and then I was talking to Sarah about this a little bit this morning too, and, and she doesn't really listen to hardcore, but she definitely knows enough about it from hearing me talk to her about it for like at least 45 minutes a day for like 12 years um and it's kind of touching on what greg said there about new blood because i've just kind of had this moment lately where i've been like noticing a lot of like what i kind of referred to with speed like a lot of bands are having these like viral moments with hardcore and it's like it almost seems like you're 15 seconds of fame now and like at first i was kind of like that's kind of cheesy, but now it kind of goes back to what Greg was saying and the turnstile thing, especially. And it's like, it's cool that even if like 10,000 people view these videos or whatever, or like, or go to a turnstile concert, like maybe a, a hundred of them might get into hardcore and start going to more hardcore shows and get more connected with the local scene, you know? And then another thing, like, which is kind of relevant to what I talk about with the podcast a lot, like when I, when I meet random people, I'm always like, I don't really want to explain the whole hardcore thing to them. It's really annoying because they never really understand it. But now with a band like Turnstile, I can just be like, oh, have you heard of Turnstile? And they probably will have. You know what I mean? I can just leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, they like played know? Turnstile on NPR. I think I think another thing, too, kind of fueling some of this interest in hardcore is, um, you know, I think everybody is, like, low-level traumatized from the last few years, if not the pandemic, then all the politics and the economy and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, all that all that anxiety, all that anger it has to go somewhere. Um, and I think hardcore is, at least for me, and probably for a lot of people, even people who don't even know what it is yet, is, is an ideal outlet for it. Because not only do you have something that speaks to that uh, sense of powerlessness or that sense of maybe empowerment uh, on the other side of that coin, um, but you have a sense of community. You have something to do. Uh, you can get out of your house and do it. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are still content with staying at home and watching Netflix. Um, but, uh, I'm of the opinion now that I've, I'm, I'm basically done streaming things. I have lived my life at work on zoom. Um, and so I want like a real authentic experience where I'm with other people and I have a sense of community and a sense of shared purpose. Yeah. I think another thing that I realized when I was actually, God, the distribution of music now is insane, and it's and it's something that we were not. I, I I personally was was sort of surprised by how it worked, right? Like getting our stuff on Spotify and all the music stores, like and really like realizing, you know, it used to be we'd record a demo, we'd burn some, we'd we'd burn a bunch of CDs, we'd play a show, we'd sell some of them, you know, you play a show out of town, you take your you take your record with you, you know. Like, but now, like, yeah, you can, like, really literally anyone can find anything because that's just where the music is there for you to find it. And it, it actually, it's, it's like a, it's both kind of terrifying 
and also kind of oh, cool though because like yeah the same mechanism that allows me to explore um, all these bands all these new bands hear what's going on also allows me to be in that with everyone else as well like I, I uh, you know I put our stuff on Spotify it's on Bandcamp like people can get it we're posting on Instagram which anyone can find and you know I like I think like it's interesting because like you think about so many bands like we've talked you've talked about bands locally on the podcast Josh like that were like you know huge major bands like locally here and even regionally but like yeah some they never made it to you know Texas so it was just and, and vice versa there have been there are legendary bands from around here that I've heard people talk about that I just didn't know about um, and now that's not that now like every band can reach everywhere and um, you know I think that does things like that that has knock on effects right that means you have like ten thousand people at a hardcore fest which is insane like you were talking about Hellfest and I mean even the biggest Hellfest maybe they were that big but um, like you know it's still a lot of, it's a lot of people who have all heard that stuff and, and, and you know plan to get out there and it's uh, building on that I, I uh, um, you know I, I noticed too that the way people consume hardcore has changed um, and that's kind of changed the way bands can perform and, and get the message out I notice a lot more bands now like flying out to play a single show or a small run of shows on the other coast of America or maybe even Europe. Uh, I've seen that that band out of Buffalo Violent Way has been doing that quite a bit. And that sort of thing, you know, really only happened to like top tier bands like Youth of Today or something, you know, 15 years ago. And, and now it's something that's accessible to, you know, people who are, are just playing music in their basement. It's pretty cool touching on the accessibility thing uh obviously i'll put all the links in the show notes but where you guys got the the, the music pretty much everywhere or? yeah uh people should add us on instagram um world purge hc we, we post updates to that and then i'll let nate speak to where they can actually listen to the music yeah it's on it's i've, I've uploaded it via TuneCore to as many of the stores as i can and i'm i'm currently working through claiming all the stores and like updating our logo and stuff uh i gotta say and greg was right to uh poke me for this i i screwed up and put our song titles in wrong and i don't know if i can get it fixed because i've never had like a i've never had songs registered before i mean i have i guess with like the red death but i never was like part of registering it and i was and i was like ah shit i put the wrong word in this title um and uh hope i'm like just like sweating fixing it but yeah it's it's up i know i like i asked i asked my kids echo to play my band and they were impressed for you know half a second and then told me to shut it off um, so I know it's on Amazon Music, and I know it's on Apple Music and Spotify. So uh, yeah, I mean, um, and Bandcamp if you want to, uh, you know, get it there uh, as well. It's funny you mentioned the kid thing because I've mentioned here on a lot of times that I started this podcast initially for my son Hendrix to have something to listen to. This is before I had a daughter too, obviously, uh, for my son Hendrix to have something to listen to about all the music that I I came up on that I've told him about and. I mean, he's only four now, so maybe he'll change his mind when he gets older. But he still have the mind that he doesn't—he doesn't like this stuff at all. Like, there's one thing that uh, we're gonna talk about eventually that we're doing that he thinks is pretty cool. But other than that, he's uh, the music itself. He's like, yeah, he's not. He like he likes loud. It's weird because he likes loud music with screaming, but not, 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 not hardcore. Like fast music too, but not hardcore. You know. I've had some limited luck with like playing H2O and bouncing souls for my kids, like the more like poppy side of hardcore. And then I'm trying to get them into that band beach rats because I think, 
I think they should like that too, but that's not taken. When we first when we first started the lockdown like two years ago, he liked. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard. Fall Silent does a version of uh, uh, Sesame Street, and uh, they start off like totally normal, but then Levi starts doing that high pitched scream, and it's really fast. And he would run around the room and scream to that. But I don't know if he would like it now if I played it for him. I've been meaning to play it for him too, because now Marley's like. Uh, like almost a year and a half, so it'd be cool to see what their reaction would be like to it now. But but as far as the hardcore is concerned, no no interest yet. So it would probably pair well with that um hardcore version of the Arthur theme song that went viral like ten years ago. I don't yeah, think I, I ever I, heard. I don't think I ever heard that. My 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 son listens to like. You know he's in sixth grade, so like he is getting close to the age where he could or he could start listening to stuff like. Um, I mean, like, I was just, my wife and I were talking, like, we both got, you know, Green Day Dookie when we were in sixth grade, um, and, like, I'm thinking about maybe just starting him that way, just being like, look, this is what I listen to in sixth grade, to see where you want to go with it, um, um, but he he really just, like, listens to, like, uh, to, like, uh, people who make rap songs about his favorite video games, and then my daughter listens to, uh, uh, Harry Styles a lot. So I do like to when I pick up my son from school because he's in middle school now. So it's like a little—it's not the elementary school. I do like like turning on like Cannibal Corpse and just like cranking out of the car when I pull up. So he's got to get in. He's like, Dad. But uh, but um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I think I think it's I, I think it's all it's all net good. Like generally, I think uh, people are pretty positive. Um, you know, with the shows I've been to, things have been pretty positive. So. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I think that people coming in are, it's not, I'm not so worried about whether or not they get it or not at this point. Like at this point, everything's so flattened out. There's nothing really to, you can't really hide anything underground. Like, you know, there's not, it's not really a hidden thing. It's about whether or not you really, you know, buy in and because you can choose whatever boutique experience you want now, you know, you can be into like hardcore or you can be into like, I don't know, um, like Yee Yee or something like that. Maybe you guys don't have that up there as much, but we have a lot of like people with, like Yee Yee stickers, which I think is some sort of hunting and fishing thing. Um, and that's like their thing they do. Or you can be into like video game music like my son. You know, you can pick whatever experience you want. So it's not like uh, increased accessibility to hardcore. I, th- I don't think that's the, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's, it's still going to self-select for people who want it. Yeah. But touching back on what we were saying before, my girlfriend said, uh, Hardcore is not our, our elite club anymore. It's uh, it's more it's more mainstream and more well known now. So I guess we have to be accepting of that and have to adapt and adapt and uh, I don't know move move forward. I guess like that. Um, but but going back to the shows thing, uh, have you guys talked about trying to do a first show yet? I know with locations and stuff, you'd have to make it all work out, but. We've got a uh, tentative uh, plans to have a show on the 29th, um, and uh. It, yeah, 29th of October. Um, we're not the ones coordinating that, so I'll let uh, I'll let the folks who are putting that together be the ones uh, to announce it, but we'll likely open that show. Yeah, and then really the only thing that would get in the way of that is if I'm literally driving the mini- the moving van <laughs> that day. Like, um, we're still not quite sure when we're going like, to, we've got to list our house and get it sold and everything, but um, I'm pretty sure that um, it'll be, you know, no, no problem for me to uh, make it up for that night so we can play our first show i'm excited to do it and you know my wife is pretty supportive 
that's that's sick that you guys are doing something uh i'm, I'm guessing shows are gonna be like a limited thing though just when you guys are able to to do it or yeah probably um you know hopefully i i think i think all of us think you know realize that we're in this for the long haul um you know some of these songs are like older than my youngest kid uh some of these songs are like basically four years old um so you know hopefully we'll be able to you know have a slow burn and build it to a point where maybe we can uh you know, do like, you know, limited run of shows out of town or something when it, when it works for all of our schedules. But that's kind of the goal for me. Um, you know, I figure this will be the band I'm in for a while. Uh, it's not like when you're younger and you you start a band and then eight months later it breaks up and you start another one. Um, you know, my pattern of life just doesn't seem to be able to support that. And also I've kind of like mellowed out a little bit and can, you know, have the appropriate social skills uh, necessary to like sustain the relationships in a band. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, we're on, like I said, we're on it, we're okay with being on a different schedule from other bands. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're doing something, you know, we have our reasons for wanting to do it. Um, the past, you know, four years that we've been working, you know, that would bring us back to 2018, but I know we started working on this in 2017. Um, and I just know that because it was 2016 at the last Bane show where Greg and Eric and I said, well, let's try and play. And I was like, well, I'm moving to Utah in like a week but like you know i can come back for work and like i remember like you know i hadn't touched an electric guitar in years um just because living in an apartment in brooklyn i didn't have the space or you know the ability to have one and uh you know it was all just like it was all this like you know relearning it was it was almost like it was kind of like learning to ride like riding a bike except that everyone else has a motorcycle now you know um and uh you know the uh the experience of like starting it out having it get like sidetracked by you know a complete externality of the pandemic um i mean we were going to record in 2020 that we were ready to record and then uh yeah um and then having to re-redo it on like sort of a speed run to get it done for this year i mean we we're all we we for us the accomplishment of getting it done is has been uh very rewarding um just in its own right of getting it to this point and and also all being still still being plugged in if not more so after what we did uh, in august and in august of this year um july and august Um, just getting like extra practice in going to do the recording together all that bonding you know really brought us together and uh you know we're, we're we're hanging it we're hanging in there for the long haul and we'll 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 make it through all these things that are going on you know, I've been doing all these Syracuse episodes this summer. I'm going to have to get Eric on here at some point, have him tell a few. I'm sure he's got some pretty cool Syracuse stories. But did he did he write all the lyrics for this, or, or did you guys help out with a little bit too? Or um, Greg, did you write any lyrics? No, uh, I think it's all Eric then. It's all Eric except for Hour of Devastation, which I wrote. I, I'll be, I, I can tell you guys, I would talk about Hour of Devastation. I can talk about all the songs if you want. Like... Um, Eric did a really good job of cultivating the mood that I really envisioned for the band lyrically. Uh, after the first day, when we had the like just instrumental recordings done, you know, he and I went back to my brother's house because my brother lives in Buffalo. That's where we were staying, and we just spent the whole night like making sure we were like everything was placed correctly. And I was really just like excited about his lyrics. Um, because he really did, he really did cultivate a mood that I was that I was hoping to express with this band, and themes that will probably will, will be through all of our releases. Um, things about like you know, uh, 
the, you know, the ideas of like alienation and um, and and like and like finding you know finding what you can hold on to in a world where that makes you feel powerless, uh, which I think we all feel after the past couple of years. Um, and uh, that was you know that was really the theme that I wanted to do with this band, and I'm really that's why I'm so happy with how it turned out, and I know that we'll keep it going. We all we all had personal reasons over the past several years to push on that theme. Um, something it's something that bridges the personal and the political a little bit. Whereas like I think back in the you know back when I was younger, and maybe it was just because I was younger, or maybe things were different. There was like a real line between the personal and political in hardcore. And now, um, but like now, a lot of that stuff is sort of blended together for everyone, and you know we're all experiencing that. So. Um, no, I was really, I was really, I was really uh, happy with the with the lyrics that he that he put together. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, we'll probably keep it short and probably start wrapping up soon. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk more again soon, especially when you guys have that show competition. That should be fun. Um, but other than that, any other uh, future plans or anything? Or it sounds like just kind of write some more stuff and just kind of take it by the way it comes. Yeah, we're gonna write some more stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna to try to maybe like have shirts or something for our first show, uh, since it seems like people don't really pay for music anymore now that Spotify exists. Um, uh, uh, you know, not that I ever made any money on anything I recorded in the past, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch upon some of the things that Nate was saying. Um, you know, our, our lyrics are decidedly a political, uh, but for me, this has been just a, a, such a, a great experience. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had a, a difficult, you know, four or five years uh, personally um, with my own health and my own mental health. And then eventually the, um, you know, the health and well-being of, of my son, who's who's got a, a disability. Um, and so for me, this, uh, you know, a lot of effort gets put into just practicing and being able to record these songs. And, um, you know, I just need to recognize uh, my family, my, my wife and my parents who have helped me. Uh, tremendously, um, you know, get to this point, uh, you know, with watching the kids or, you know, arranging things for my, my, my kids to do so that we can have a, an extended practice. Um, so it's really been very beneficial for me. Um, in fact, uh, leading up into this year, I, I knew we had a, a recording on the horizon and my health was not, uh, not, the, not the worst it's ever been, but my physical health was, was not the best. Uh, and so I, you know, doubled down on my efforts to lift weights and eat healthy and, and wound up losing a bunch of weight specifically so I could have the stamina to do uh, multiple takes, um, in the studio, uh, because where we were at, at the end of 2021, it was, uh, it was clear that I wasn't going to be able to have that. So, um, also too, lastly, uh, we, we talked about Doug a little bit and how great he's doing and, and what a great job he does. Uh, but we should also probably mention Wicked Squid Studios. Um, that was a practice studio that we we rented some space at, um, and I saw some coalition stickers there from the, the local coalition uh, band, um, uh, and that was a really great experience. So other musicians should definitely check out their uh, their website at wickedsquidstudios.com because it was a really cool place to go and uh, and workshop these songs into what they ultimately became on the recording. Yeah, I, I mentioned mentioned that earlier, but yeah, Wicked Squid is uh, in Rochester. Uh, they they record and they have practice. They have like a practice space co-op, which is really cool. Um, we were able to buy some hours there. Um, you know, Josh from from there is really nice. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, 
you know, we, we could have recorded there. We just didn't know what was going on. So we were, and we had booked out so far with Doug, but like going there was, you know, very comfortable and everything. And, uh, yeah, I could definitely definitely see them uh, becoming sort of like a rising local studio in Rochester, which might be good for all the bands that are coming out. And yeah, just you know, of course, yeah. Like, I mean, all of us with kids and everything. My wife and uh, my family, like I said, like my, I mean, my uh, my dad, my dad uh, was take was watching my son in Rochester so that I could go to practice, so I could go to band practice, you know. And my wife obviously has has had the kids uh, at home for a weekend here and there. You know, when I've gone up to practice, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that uh, when we play our first show, they'll they'll all be able to come up too with me, because um, I would like, I think the kids would get a kick out of seeing their dad play. You know, um, I think they would think it's very funny more than anything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think like our, you know, our goal here is to, uh, you know, keep working at our own pace, and now that we have, you know, this experience behind us I, I I'm, I'm really looking forward to what's possible over the next few years I wonder what your kids would think of the goalie Amash yeah well they probably won't get to see it <laughs> little 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 maybe a little too old for that no reason to front either Greg if you're gonna be playing in a hope conspiracy type band and you're playing drums you're really gonna be hitting the weights hard man to... yeah no no it's been it's yeah <laughs> No, it's been good. I'm in, I'm in shape now. I feel pretty proud of uh, what we accomplished musically and then what I had to do personally to accomplish to be able to do that. That's awesome, man. And I agree on the family thing, obviously. Family first, and it's good to have that support system in place, you know. Um, and I guess kind of speaking of family, uh, I will be recording in a little mini studio in the basement eventually, but as you can see and have probably seen for part of the interview, uh, I'm recording in my son's uh, bedroom, and I had some weird... Uh, children's blanket behind me for most of the interview. I kind of just snuck it away from the camera view a second ago. So shout out to whatever Disney or Marvel uh, crap that was. Uh, shout out to Don't Let Pigeon Drive the Bus in the background there. That's oh, can you guys see that? That's good shit though. Yeah. As a librarian, I'm sure you can appreciate that. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, some of the stuff with the kids stuff, it's kind of eh. But that that stuff's all all Mo Mo Williams, I think his name is, or Willems. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah, he's a good dude. I I could definitely uh. I could definitely have some conversations. Maybe we'll do like a Patreon episode with all for all the dads sometime. Because I think most of the subscribers have kids, so we could do like a one about like kids, kids books and stuff. You know, so it's interesting because like your kids, both both of your kids are like a little bit younger than mine. You know, like I said my son's in sixth grade, my daughter's in third grade, second grade. Sorry, um, I always think she's in third grade because she like just finished reading Stuart Little for the first time. And I, yeah, I actually just recently when we were getting ready to move, we were like, yeah, I guess we don't need like, don't let the pigeon drive the bus. Our kids have out, outgrown it. Sent it on to uh, people with younger kids, you know. Uh, it's uh, that's part of the whole thing, though, and it, it's really you know, you know, sort of getting back to like what's great about you know our, our hardcore and our ability to get back together and do this is that like there's that timelessness that you feel when you're playing music um, and, and going to shows. Um, but also, like, understand, like, you come, it, it, it feels timeless, it's a timeless experience, but you have, like, wisdom of years, and I think that is, uh, you know, again, like, you, you, your pr- perspective is a lot different now, and I'm just, you know, really excited, still, like, as excited as I've ever been, but maybe for different reasons. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up what I had for, like, questions and, and uh, subjects and whatnot, so unless you guys have anything else to add, we'll probably start wrapping up, uh, shout outs and and plugs and stuff like that 
Sure thing. Yeah. Add us, add us on Instagram world purge HC. And, uh, you can also follow my, uh, Rochester hardcore history on Instagram. Um, I've got uh, a link in the bio to, um, a SoundCloud where you can listen for yourself. Uh, many of the bands of yesteryear that we've discussed here, if you hadn't, hadn't heard those before, or hadn't heard those in a while. Um, Rochester has been producing great hardcore since 1986. Um, and, and people definitely need to be aware of that when you go to a hardcore show, when you're supporting a local band, you're participating in not only a community of people who are at the show, but a community of people across time. Um, and there are people who had many of the same struggles that I have and you, you guys have um, and people listening at home have. And you can go back and listen to those old bands like Hunger Artist and Foundation um, and Stand Fast and Moment of Truth who are playing shows again. And you can connect with uh, you know those people just the same way, just as easily as you can with, with the new bands. So check it out. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having us on. I, I feel like I might be lost. Am I, am I, you guys still hearing me? Okay. Okay. I, I, I can't see either of you. I don't know. It started raining here and I think my internet got wonky, but uh, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can find, find me via our world purge uh, uh, Instagram and stuff. And uh, if you're so inclined, but you know, most of my posts are jokes. All right, I think that's going to wrap up uh, what will hopefully be the first uh, uh, video podcast. Um, we'll see how everything turns out. Hopefully I'm not hitting my guests up tomorrow to re-record this. Um, with that in mind, I want to thank uh, Nate and Greg for taking the time to, the, to do this interview. Um, as always, thanks to Rob Antonucci, Jim Byrne, and Greg Benoit for all the help with the podcast. Um, thanks to my family for all the support, as well as providing all the decor for this episode. Um, we'll have some more episodes coming real soon. You can always give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Hardcore. Uh, thanks to everybody who supports the podcast. See everyone real soon and stay safe.